Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I hope all is well. Uh, this is Josh Taylor from CE Podcast uh, coming with another episode. So today it's going to be a little bit of a story time. Um, I wanted to get into uh, talking to your dog. I know it sounds maybe a little too simple, but um, there are so many benefits to this. And I feel like I wanted to talk about something today that's like really overlooked in general. Um so I really wanted to get kind of get into the mentality of why it's so important to speak to your dog. Let's get right into it. Okay. So one of the big things that um, I do whenever I'm dealing with, uh, you know, any form of reactivity, uh, whether it's, um, you know, pulling on the leash or uh, seeing, you know, another dog or a human, whatever the case is, one of the big things that I feel Everyone is like a mute, so no one talks to their dog. No one's speaking, all right? So as, of course, it's obviously important to have that, um, you know, disciplinary tone when, you know, they're doing something wrong, letting them know, like, you know, we don't like this. And then, of course, having something um, uh, positive, right? So letting them know that uh, when they're doing something right. Those are the, the two obvious versions of... Um, you know, us speaking to our dogs, but I actually talk about my day. Um, I, you know, I talk to them about, um, you know, what's going on in my life. I also, I do this thing. Um, and honestly, I thought it was just kind of a me thing. And I actually found an article about, um, how this is a, a very powerful tool to use. And, I'll talk to my dog and I'll add in words that they know. So things that they, they like, they hear often like walk or, um, squirrel <laughs> or, uh, you know, even their name, of course, you know, but like, I'll add these things in there to get them to, uh, of course, pay attention and to look at me more. Um, but the big thing about having these conversations is we've actually found that dogs will, really like like mentally listen to you um so this is actually such an important tool and uh, i see it time and time again when we're dealing with reactivity um when uh you know we're passing people it's so important that we're having that conversation this way we can get our dog to focus on us when we are trying to pass by whatever the scenario is um of course if you're at a distance letting them stare is okay uh, but when you're in close quarters, uh, it's really important that you're working a little bit more on counter conditioning. Okay. So I want you to really get into it, to, to talking to your dog. And like, so some of the things that I'm just going to kind of add is, um, so we know for a fact that talking to your dog improves bondmanship, of course. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's about making them feel comfortable. So when you talk with that soft tone, They've done studies on this. It actually releases oxytocin to the brain, the hug hormone. Also read an article once about how a study they did, um, I forget which university it was, but they did a study and they found that when women spoke to dogs, they actually naturally de-stressed them. <laughs> and when, of course, men, when we spoke to dogs, we apparently stressed dogs more. <laughs> um, I know you're thinking of all sorts of jokes like... 
I think the, the people I have talked to about this, they all say the same thing. They tell me like, yeah, like, you know, my partner basically does the same thing to me, um, which is stresses me. <laughs> um, so haha, funny, funny. But to go along with that, okay, um, there's something in there that's just really important. And it doesn't mean that men are, you know, like it's hopeless. Like we're, we're stressing our dogs when we're talking to them. It's about the tone, right? So talking to them in that soft tone, like, good job. Oh, you're such a good dog. This is just as good, okay, to, to really implement those, um, uh, that, that hug hormone, that those oxytocins to the brain, so this is really, really important. And also it keeps them engaged, right? So when you're talking to them, you're walking down the street uh, and, you know, you, you add in a couple catchphrases that they really know well, um, like, uh, you know, cat, dog, um, whatever it might be, you know, getting them to focus in on you like this can really, really help. And it's like I said before, it's really, really great for getting them to pay attention to you, to really initiate communication so overlooked okay the other thing is just human speech in general is very interesting to a dog and we're going in the uk because all the good stuff comes from there um in general i find at least uh information wise when it comes to dogs um <clears throat> but they wanted to know if like dogs like could understand like truly understand the difference between like human interaction vocally and dog related language etc and they really did find that through the experiments like the normal tone of voice and the high-pitched kind of speech um uh can't help but that you know the, the the highest the highest pitch that we use that like we can't help to use but like with babies um they really recognize these things they really recognize that you're happy that you're excited um so it's really important that you're using this type of conversation every once in a while. It's really just about having a nice soft tone. So I, I want you to understand some people go a little overboard when they talk to their dogs. It is entirely fine. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying don't be shy to have a little bit more of a soft tone, um, but you don't have to go to that high pitch that sounds almost like a little nerve wracking. Okay. <laughs> um, and remember, this is so important for engaging their mind, right? You want them to focus in on you. You want to build that relationship. You want them to be de-stressed. These are all things that can help you in high stressful scenarios, right? Um, this is this is such an important tool. Uh, you know, there's um, there's so much going on, so many tips and so many tricks and so many so much good information and so much bad information um, on on the internet and so on. So it's just important that you really look into making sure that there's some form of research um, to really kind of get an idea of what is going on, okay, and what you're doing, etc. Um, also, by the way, talking to your dog is actually good for you too, Okay, it's good for the human health. It actually, again, lowers your stress level. It's good for mental health. It's also a good way to vent. So, you know, believe it or not, going on, on a walk, talking to your dog about whatever is going on in your day. I do this all the time. It helps me so much, so much. You have no idea. Okay. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, 
um, therapists, I think, kind of use this technique a little bit. Um, I read this somewhere. Basically, talking to dogs is a technique that therapists or psychologists will use when people are like trying to cope with difficult situations or managing like conflict, uh, conflicts, you know, and so on. And so, uh, you know, children often feel more comfortable, like directing their stories towards a dog, um, you know, than us, because I guess just like, we feel like, okay, well, it's an animal, you know, or whatever, but it is such a really good thing for us. Okay. So I, I want you to start speaking, start talking more. I find sometimes, you know, let's say we're dealing with a dog who's reactive to other dogs and like the dog is walking by us and like, it's almost like the owner is just standing there waiting for something to happen. <laughs> so uh, I want you to start talking. Don't be shy. Like, good job. Oh, you're such a good dog. Yeah. I'm so happy we went on this walk, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I mean, it's so important to have this conversation with them. All right. Um, and of course, as we know, you know, dogs learn through repetition, right? So, I mean, um, I, I'm pretty sure he passed, but like everyone remembers that dog named Chaser, right? Thousand plus words. Um, I mean, that was just, that was awesome. So when you are on your walk, though, I'm not saying your dog, you know, is going to be like Chaser and you're going to learn, you know, your dog's going to learn a thousand words, but what you could be doing is you could be repeating these cues maybe a little bit more frequently so maybe you take 15 steps you stop sit uh, oh good job oh you're such a good dog what a good sit you know things like this so that again you know we're constantly lowering that cup not necessarily anxiety but like possible you possibly we're getting up to that threshold especially if we're dealing with a dog that's like very reactive and so on right um and again you know like it's just important that you understand that talking to your dog can really help them turn things around when it comes to um, not only focusing on you, but again, those stress levels. It's just so important. Okay. So what we have today is um, a couple of stories I wanted to mention about situations uh, in that type of concept where I would be using a lot more vocalization. I see this all the time. So my client, we're walking down the street. Our dog starts reacting to a dog. Maybe we're too close, whatever the case is. Um, they are almost frozen. So there's no conversation happening to the dog before or after or during. Um, and so the dog is just kind of on high alert looking around. There's no focus. Um, and yes, of course, there's commands that we can do to work on this. But the idea here is that I just want you to get into a steady flow, like as if you were walking, going for a walk with a friend and just start having a conversation with your dog. Okay. And every time they happen to be looking at you, because maybe you're saying catchphrases or they're just interested in your voice and they're looking up at you, start rewarding this behavior. It's such an easy way to get what you need on your walks. Again, in controlled circumstances where you have a little bit of distance, but obviously start with minimal distractions and then build yourself up. Okay. Um, I think that that's, that's a, a really good, important tool to use. That is just so it's so underrated. Um, another big thing, you know, I'll give you another example is um, I had a client where, 
the dog would always like stop walking. So for example, and I have plenty of them. Right. Um, and so the dog would just stop walking, wouldn't walk anymore. And they're standing there. They're trying to get the dog to come like, let's move, let's go. Now, obviously I don't want you pulling out a treat every time the dog stops because then the dog will probably associate, right? That like, oh, this is kind of fun. I stop, you pull out food, you coax me, we keep going. But one of the things I notice is that just when I get my, my people to start actually talking to their dog more, there's less stopping in general. And because there's less stopping, we're actually rewarding our dog more on the move. And so therefore the dog associates, oh, you know what? This is kind of great. The more I move, the more I focus, the more rewards I get. And again, rewards can be anything, right? Rewards can be uh, treats. It could be, uh, uh, sorry, it could be food. It could be uh, petting. It could be good job. It could be the vocalization. It could be all of these things. They're not, you know, uh, they're not dumb. They, they, they can sense and they know these things. They know when you're happy. They know when you're sad. They know from your tone um, what they're, uh, what, you know, what you're trying to insinuate in the situation. Okay. Um, so very important. All right. And maybe I'll just leave off on this. Okay. So I noticed too that. Um, the whole science-based positive reinforcement movement is growing. And that's really great. As everyone knows, I was uh, an alpha role trainer as well as a balance trainer. So this means I was using prongs, chokers, e-collars back in the day. I want you to know that it is very simple to get easy and quick results when you're doing these things. Okay? So, you know, I'm talking right now about vocalizing and de-stressing your dog and walking down the street and just trying to have a harmonious, you know, great relationship with your dog. Okay. So I want you to understand that when you're using these aversive methods, okay, it's instilling fear into your dog. So as opposed to, let's say, talking to your dog because we want your dog to start moving with you as opposed to them planting themselves and not moving and you give them a giant yank and you tell them to get over here because I'm the boss. I want you to understand that you're removing the integrity that you're trying to build, or at least I hope that you're trying to build with your dog, that bondmanship. So when you see these instant results, I just want you to understand that your dog is acting really more out of a fear-based version of what you're trying to achieve. I'm sure that if someone came over and my son was not, you know, let's say behaving properly and I had a stranger come into my house and use aversive methods on my son, which I would absolutely blow a fuse, but that's be besides the point. Um, and, and would use these aversive methods. There's no way that my son would not comply to this. I mean, let's be real, right? You're dealing with a toddler and your dogs are, we know for a fact, the mental capacity of that of a toddler, maybe a little bit older than a toddler, but regardless, okay? Um, So it's so important that you understand and you do your research, okay, before going into um, these type of scenarios. 
take it from someone who's literally done the whole grab the leash, choke your dog until your dog basically submits so that I can pet your dog and be like, see, look, the dog isn't attacking me anymore. Right. My kid is, let's say, running around the house, acting crazy. You come into my house, complete stranger, and you grab him, smack him, yell at him and you tell him if you freaking move, blah, blah, blah or whatever. Let's see if my six year old is going to actually fight you on that. Right. It's not going to happen. So it's really important that you just kind of come to the realization that the techniques that we were using in the past, guilty, I was obviously using these techniques. I need you to understand, though, that there are a lot better ways out there. I'm not saying it's I'm not I'm not even trying to tell you that you 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 know that this isn't an option for people who don't care about what I'm saying. If this is an option and you don't care and you don't care if you instill fear, you don't care about bondmanship, you don't care about relationship, then by all means do it. Like it is what it is. But I'm just giving you the facts as to why um you know I use stuff like vocalizing and talking more to my dog, building that relationship because I look at my dog the same way I look at my children. And not in the same sequence as they're both kids, like physically, but more about the fact that I want to have the relationship that I have with my son, with my dog. I want to have that harmonious, beautiful relationship. Um, so, yeah, I guess I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I do know that um, I've had um, I, I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to say that I've been attacked but I've definitely had uh, over the past few months, especially since the podcast, when I mentioned that I was a balance trainer, an alpha roll trainer, and I used to choke dogs and I used to use shock collars and I used to manhandle dogs to get them to listen and have a, you know, a quote unquote good dog within, you know, a session or two. I want you to understand that I'm just coming from a place where. Um, I've been through it and I'm someone who came out of, out from the other side. And I will admit that in many cases, when I'm dealing with reactivity and aggression, that it can absolutely be a process. Just getting the person to understand the process is very, very hard and that it's not about manhandling the dog. Okay, so I guess I want again, like I was saying, I wanted to mention this because ever since I talked about me being an alpha role trainer and a balance trainer and now being science based, I find that I'm getting, uh, I guess, a lot of um, I guess I'm getting a lot of like backlash or whiplash or whatever you want to call it from uh, from the industry. So I guess people are not very pleased um, that I came out telling them that I used to be this type of trainer and now I'm this kind of trainer because I guess in many ways it makes the industry of balance training and using aversive methods, uh, it almost makes it look obsolete because of the fact that I made the switch and why I made the switch. Okay. There's, I'm sure people out there who are positive reinforcement trainers who made the switch and went to balance training for all I know. Um, you know, it's not a big deal. I get to do the things I love and the way I want to do them. 
I want to treat my dog like my kid, okay, uh, in the same mental and physical way. I would not hit my child. Have I been hitting in the past? Sure. I'm sure I have, okay, when I was a kid. Um, I'm sure my grandparents and great-grandparents did this often. Who knows, okay? But the point is, is that like everything, times change, things evolve, all right? It's important that we get a grasp on this and we understand the trauma that we are creating from a long-term version of what we're doing when we're doing those aversive methods. All right. So there we go. I gave you kind of a little bit of a rant and at the same time talked about something that I do all the time with my dogs uh, for that vocalization. So I hope this was a good session. I hope everyone loves it. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to have some haters like I have uh, been in the past uh, few months since doing the podcast, since talking about how I made the switch. And it is what it is. You know, I can't... uh, I can't control the world, right? I can only control, at least control the dogs who come to see me, the people who come to see me. um, And um, um, yeah, that's all. So I love you very much. Peace out, fam. Have a good one.